Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don, Donato Bucci, and remember to subscribe to us on all of the major podcast platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and to our guy Mike Regina with the JT and the Don pump-up music. Let's just get right to the chase and bring in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Oh, I thought you meant let's get to the chase. Like, let's start the show. I was like, all right, cool. Thank you. Thank Same you for thing. introducing me. Same I, thing, I appreciate you know? it. I, thank you for having me on the show. I mean, this, this is this is great. It's an honor to be on a show with with, with the GOAT, the Don. I appreciate the Don, it. That's man. right. That Not just the GOAT, the, the Don. And listen, when I say cut to the chase, we are starting the show because we bring you in. I mean, the show doesn't start until you come in, supposedly, according to the to the producers, according to, you know, the network, according to the fans. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. You just run in your mouth. Can we start? All right. So Super Wild Card Weekend is in the books with really only one close game. Uh, so let's play the hottest new game, the check down game. Going to give you a question. Provide a couple answers. JT, you select the best answer that you feel fits the question. So, first question. More disappointing. You understand how the game works? You're giving me a look like you don't I'm, I'm just waiting for you to ask the question. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. All right. Okay. More disappointing. So, the first two options. Cowboys or your Dolphins? Oh, finally. Somebody took the mantle from my disappointing-ass Dolphins. It's the Cowboys. To get humiliated... At home, in the playoffs, when a lot of people thought that this was your best chance to not only make it to the Super Bowl, but potentially win it, and you get blown out at home by the Packers, Aaron Rodgers ain't there. This is Jordan Love. This is a guy just two years ago or last year, we were like, can this guy be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Now he's dropping 40-plus points in Jerry World. Like, that defense with Dan Quinn got ran through. I don't know where Michael Parsons was. I don't know where CeeDee Lamb was. Dak didn't do enough. You know he put up good numbers. It was just all around embarrassing for Dallas. Like, I think this loss has major ramifications for the future of their franchise more than, okay, the Dolphins, we lost on the road in Arrowhead in the freezing cold. Like, everyone thought we were going to lose that game. So nobody thought the Cowboys were going to get ran out the building like that. Well, first, looking at your Dolphins, I mean, as a fan, you were just happy to be there. And you had all these injuries. No, we were (laughs) Yes, you were. No, and all these- no we were because we had guys yes. like you hyping us up. Oh, they're the next Cincinnati Bengals. We're the next great franchise because we hired the next great offensive coach with spiky gelled hair. And everybody just put us in the Super Bowl. And I was like, no, like we're not there yet. I don't think he has spiky hair, nor is it gelled. But anyway, listen, you guys had too, too many injuries in the cold weather. Like you didn't think you were really going to win anyway. I told so, you of we course, were going to win a real playoff of course, game. So, of course, it's the Cowboys. They're supposed to be America's team. They're the number two seed in the NFC. And 
it was at home. And not only do you lose and lose by some sort of miracle, maybe you got blown out. It was never even close. So of course it's the Cowboys. The answer when it's disappointing is always the Cowboys, no matter who the other option is. All that right. game was so that game was so bad. Like I get up to get like a like a drink refill or something. <laughs> I turn around and some Packers guy is they're already showing the replay. He's open like 50 yards down the field. I'm like, damn, like is anybody playing defense? Like I, I thought Stephon Gilmore was still a top defensive back. Yeah, he might need to become a family man after this game. Like it might be over. Well, I mean, to your point, it was like Dallas would try to make a comeback and then all of a sudden they'd score. And then five plays later, literally five plays later, Green Bay goes back up by three scores. So they could they could just never catch up or make it quite interesting. All right. More disappointing. Tua or the Browns defense? Oh, this one's tough. I mean, for me personally, I'm not so disappointed in Tua, I guess, because my expectations weren't at this like MVP elite game changing franchise quarterback status that everyone had him at. But I mean, yeah, his performance was disappointing. He seemed like he kind of shit the bed, but I will say the Browns defense, man, like you are playing against a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game, a rookie coach in his first playoff game as a head coach, like everybody on this staff in this position, like this is the first time they've been here, like from the receivers to the coordinators, like at that point, and you are the Browns. This is one of the top defenses in the league and probably one of the best defenses according to PFF over the past couple of years. Like, you are supposed to go in there and dominate this rookie quarterback. And they did, and the opposite happened. Like, C.J. Stroud ran them out of the building. Like, it was embarrassing. And then the Texas defense turned into the 85 Bears. Like, every time I turned around, Joe Flacco was throwing another pick six. So, Browns defense, definitely way more disappointing than Tua. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't even believe you thought it was a tough question. I mean, absolutely the Browns defense. They had, I don't know if you said this, they had the number one ranked defense in all of football in terms of yards allowed per game. They were the best at it. And I was just reading an article earlier, right before we got oh, we got on air. Yeah, believe it or not. I, I was reading an I, was I thought those glasses article. were just for show. I thought this was like no, a like an acupuncture doer. And they actually do have lenses there. They're not but, even real lenses, are they? No, they're prescription. But I was all I was reading that article right before we got on air. And it this article is from like mid-October. It was comparing their defense at the time to some of the legendary defenses of all time in the NFL. And it made me laugh because come three months removed from that article, I mean, they're getting toasted, like you said, by a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, and rookie offensive coordinator. And you're supposed to have the number one defense in the league. You're supposed to have a legendary defense. And you're supposed to have, supposedly, the defensive player of the year on your team in Miles Garrett. And then you've got that Jim Schwartz arrogance of how good that defense and how they carry themselves and the way he acts. And you get toasted by several open guys running loose. You let Brevin Jordan score a 75-yard touchdown. That's all I need to know to let me know that my answer of the Browns defense was disappointing. There you go. So next one, more disappointing, Micah Parsons or Jalen Hurts? Now, this shit is tough. I'm going to keep it real with you. Michael Parsons, man, because everybody, everybody has been trying to tell me that this kid is the next Lawrence Taylor. Like he's already there and disrespecting other great defensive players in the league that not only are putting up the stats, but they're also making the impact of winning games like T.J. Watt 
there's a reason me and you both picked him as the NFL uh, defensive player of the year preseason. Like he not only has the stats, but he changes games. Same thing with Bosa. Same thing with I'll give Miles Garrett uh, the benefit of the doubt. Most of the time he is doing that. I feel like I don't know if it's the scheme. Are they getting too cute with Micah Parsons or are teams learning how to make him one dimensional? But I feel like he's not making that impact to have that kind of hype. So I got to be disappointed in him because I'm sorry. Like, same thing. Jordan Love, all intents and purposes, is a rookie quarterback. Last time I checked, Green Bay's offensive line ain't that great. And this Dallas defense is supposed to be really, really good. And you're at home. Like, Michael Parsons was supposed to go nuts in this game and make life hell for Jordan Love. And I'm like, what did he do? Like, they hung almost 50 points on these guys. Like, I got to say it's more disappointing just because the hype for Michael Parsons tells me that he should have been worth less points scored on them in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate how we're agreeing. We're three for three right now. But damn, I guess I got to write shittier questions. To Jalen Hurts, you know, he was first, he had an injury. Second, he didn't have A.J. Brown due to an injury. And really, he he played about as well as he could, give him the circumstance that the game plan, JT, was not ready for Tampa Bay's blitz slash pressure all night. Like, and that's on the coaches. Yes, some of it's going to be on on Jalen Hurts, but a lot of that falls on the coaches. So in terms of more disappointing, you got to go Micah Parsons. And to summarize what you said, here we're talking about a potential defensive player of the year. You got to show up. You got to make some plays. You got to make that game-turning play where maybe you gotta it's got to give strip- us hope. Yeah, maybe it's a strip sack and fumble recovery. Maybe it's a pick six. Maybe you're making a hit that turns the juice around. Then on top of that, you're 16-0 and as a team at home in your past 16 games. And, and so to give up 48 points, which is a Dallas playoff record, to Jordan Love, who's making his first playoff start in Green Bay's first start post Aaron Rodgers, all movie. of that is embarrassing. That's embarrassing, dis- man. That's disappointing. So it's like, I feel like TJ T. Watt. I feel confident we would have remembered that he played this game and been like, "All right, yeah, it definitely wasn't his fault." The reason they lost, like Michael Parsons. I'm like, what did you? What did you do on your side of the ball that let me know, like, all right. Like, we don't got to look at you. Like, I'm not so sure. To me, the only guy that semi showed up in this game was Dak Prescott, even though he's going to get most of the blame. But all the other guys that I've been hearing about, C.D. Lamb, I didn't really see him that much. Tony Pollard, didn't see him. Like, I didn't see any of these other guys that are supposed to be very good. I already told you, Gilmore was getting cooked by Dobbs all game. So, Micah, I'm sorry. Like, you on watch. Like, I, I need to see more. So, we're three for three here. So let's switch the question. More impressive. See, JT always likes to start with the negative stuff, like more disappointing. He's a he's a glass half out of the way. He he's a glass half empty type of guy. I'm more That's than life. half full. That's I'm life, more than bro. I'm see what I mean. I'm That's more life. half full. So let's go more impressive. More impressive, CJ Stroud or my guy Rasheed Rice. It's another tough one, man. And I hate this because. I'm going to give you your props. You you called it before the NFL draft. You said Rasheed Rice was the best receiver in this class. And it's looking like it might be that way. And shout out to Rasheed Rice. When we posted that about him, he shared it in his story. So we appreciate you. Uh, We wish you good luck before the draft. We're glad to see that you had a great rookie season. And I'm going to go with that. Keep it rolling in the playoffs. Keep it rolling, man. It's Rasheed Rice, man. Like, 
Tyreek Hill couldn't even put up those numbers in that weather at Arrowhead, man. Like what Rasheed Rice did was that's a coming out party. I'm sorry. Like him and Nico Collins to me just showed us like, okay, like they're the next guys up as possibly those NFL receivers that break into that wide receiver one category. Like he was impressive. And they had Puka. They've been looking for receivers all year. Bums like Sky Moore, MVS, uh, name them. Everybody, everybody who plays for them other than Kelsey has not been great. And to have, and you see it coming, he's been showing you know signs all year. But the game he put on in the playoffs at home, man, I, I thought that was just more impressive. CJ Stroud, we've seen him do it all year. I mean, the Browns were a tough opponent, but I mean, he shredded guys all year. But Rice, I did not expect this. Uh, JT, so some of those guys you mentioned that you call bums, let, let's be clear. I am not calling those guys bums. Those guys could toast us and rally. They could, so yes, that, yes. That's yes. JT. Send any letters to JT. Now, more impressive, listen, we everyone knows at this point, Rasheed Rice, he's he's my guy. Picked him up in uh, Dynasty. I've tried to pick him up in as many fantasy leagues as possible. And he had a great game, no doubt. It helps when... Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So when we're talking more impressive, I got to go C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback. You know how difficult it is to be a rookie quarterback at all in the NFL, let alone in your first playoff start. Then to have to go against the number one defense, you're forgetting this, the number one defense. And not only that, they were the number one pass defense. Their run defense, not as good as their pass defense. Number one pass defense. Denzel Ward played. I don't want to hear any excuses. So not only does he do that, he gets them their first win for the Texans in the playoffs, I think in four or five years. And then this is the thing why I I say it's most impressive. He wasn't even the first quarterback taken in this past draft, JT. I mean, think about that. Like, sorry to our guy, Mike Regina, because his Carolina Panthers could have had. They, they look like they got Jimmy Clausen 2.0. <laughs> Instead, they went Bryce Young. But that goes to show you, think about that. And then for him to do this, if someone would have said a year ago from today, right, after we saw CJ, you know, not win the national title, comes out. If someone told you a year ago, hey, a year from now, we'd be talking about CJ Stroud beating Cleveland in the playoffs, destroying them, and Cleveland had the number one defense. And he wins a playoff game. You'd be like, no way. The odds would be a thousand to one. No way that happens. So that is why I think it's more impressive because it comes from a quarterback and it was against the Cleveland defense. I'll give you that. All right. So more impressive. My guy, Bobby Slowick's performance as OC or Matt LaFleur. It's another close one. Uh, I got to go with Matt LaFleur, man. Like, what he was able to do with this team this year, all rookies and essentially a rookie quarterback, and to do it post Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers couldn't make the playoffs with this team last year. Like, they missed. They lost to Detroit last game of the season at home. Yep. It did not make the playoffs. You get rid of Aaron Rodgers, all of a sudden this team is finding itself. I think everyone's allowed to actually play and not center it around Rodgers. So there was a lot of pressure on the floor because I'm pretty sure fans were like, why are we letting the greatest quarterback maybe in our franchise history go? And LaFleur is like, just wait. I'm telling you the grass is greener. And he showed it. How does he respond? Goes on the road. And Dallas defense is on paper supposed to be really good. And he just runs them out of the gym. Like, I am I still don't know how that happened. So I'm definitely impressed with what LaFleur did. I mean, you want to talk about coaching masterclass? I mean, we 
you probably should go back and watch the tape and just pick up some stuff of what he was doing so y'all can implement it for you guys. Like, so impressive. Like, I'm not dissing Sloak at all, but for him to do that on that stage against Dallas, insane to me. Yeah, this is the toughest of the of all the questions here we have in the check down, in my opinion. Um, and Bobby Sloak did a great job. I mean, guys were wide open. I think I texted you at one point. They're scheming these guys so open. They don't know what to do. But at the end of the day, I think more impressive was Matt LaFleur. And you hit the nail on the head when you said this was after, post Aaron Rodgers. Do you know how much pressure there was on not just the organization and not just Jordan Love, but Matt LaFleur? Because I think a lot of people question, just like they do with Nathaniel Hackett, how good really is Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers? We're going to find out. And guess what? He came through. I mean, what he did, again, we'll say it again, 48 points on the road, like you said, against the Dallas defense that they're pretty good. They supposed they in the, they to be in the top, good. They're in the top five in the league. If, you, if you're choosing defenses at full strength, like Dallas is top five. And especially at home. But Matt LaFleur got Jordan Love looking like an all-pro the last uh, three games. Now with this one, four games, and this was a playoff game, he has them looking like an all-pro they beat the Cowboys, who were 16-0, mentioned it before. And, and what we mentioned about Micah Parsons, they neutralized him, JT. And I understand that Slowick did that to Miles Garrett, but the difference is it's easier to, to neutralize an edge great rusher like a Miles Garrett when you're at home because your O-line can go off the snap compared to when you're on the road. When you're on the road, you know, the O-lineman, there has to be some sort of silent snap count right and that allows the advantage to the edge rusher think about this houston had tunzel and the home crowd to be able to neutralize garrett <laughs> green bay on the road i don't know maybe they have don't even know who the left tackle is exactly <laughs> so maybe that's on me maybe he's as good as larry tunzel i don't know but i don't, we don't his hear contract about probably says he's not but but right but but you're but you're right, and I will add this to this. Like Matt Lafleur, I think is the answer here because it's not just this one game; it's the whole season. Like think about it. Like Jordan Love came out the gate swinging, like three touchdown game against Chicago. Like he had a little bump in the road in the middle of the season, but for most for most of of this year, he's looked like a guy that they're gonna extend to a big time deal. Like yeah, he looks like the guy when they traded up to get him when they thought Aaron Rodgers was yeah. maybe done. They look like the guy that, all right, that's who I thought was a first-round quarterback. Like, what Matt LaFleur has done with this guy developmental-wise is, I mean, that's one of the best stories in football this year. Like, he should be considered in, in the coach of the year conversations. Like, I don't – we talking about this, but I don't think people understand how tough it is to follow in the footsteps of a guy like Aaron Rodgers when everybody thinks your team's success is based on him. Right. Yeah. Well, don't talk too much about Jordan Love because we have him in this next question. So, more impressive – Baker Mayfield, who threw for, what, 336 yards uh, against the Eagles in the playoff game, three touchdowns and a convincing victory, or, like we've been saying all the episode, or Jordan Love. Hey, man, I love Jordan Love. I wish I would have never traded him in Dynasty. That's looking like a mistake. <laughs> Salute. More and more each day. Oh, this is a support group. Um, I got to go with Baker Mayfield. Just his journey, like – Came to Cleveland, was supposed to be the savior. It worked. Then he, then he became the scapegoat. Then he's this journeyman. I, he played for like three or four coaches last year alone. I think he's had, what, like eight coaches in his six-year career, like three or four of them and interim head coaches. Like, 
for him to just go through all that and then come to Tampa Bay on a prove-it deal, get him into the playoffs, play great this year, and then beat the Eagles at home. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about the Eagles a little bit, but let's not get it twisted. Like, it's still a top-five talented roster in the NFL, and they got some good guys that can play on defense, especially up front in that defensive line. So him having a great game against them is – we're not just going to say, like, oh, that was easy. Like, it's still the Philadelphia Eagles, bro. They were 10-1 and at one point. So I think Baker going in there, calling his own number, showing us glimpses of the guy that we saw in college at Oklahoma, I think his game to me was more impressive than what Jordan Love did. Because Jordan Love also had Aaron Jones go off for like 100-plus yards and three touchdowns. So I don't think Baker Mayfield had that running game to to shield him like Jordan Love did. I mean – this is another tough one because these guys both played so well. So you hate to have you you hate to have to pick, but you know That's JT. What we when, I I know, and I'm going to go Jordan Love. We you just said all the stuff about Matt Lafleur and how it comes back to Jordan Love and and who Jordan Love had to follow in the steps of, even though Baker had to follow in Tom Brady. The Tom, Bra- the, in a, Tom in Brady, Super Bowl Tom Brady. It's not just well, like oh I had but, to follow in Aaron Rodgers putting up great stats like. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa but Bay. Not, but not the year before. But if I were to tell you, this is why I say it's more impressive. You know, I already mentioned that Dallas was 16-0. Green Bay scores 48 points. You know, they Micah Parsons on Dallas where Philly doesn't have that type of guy right now. But if I were to tell you and compare the stats and say, who's more likely of the two, Baker against the Eagles or Jordan Love on the road at Dallas, to – score 48 points, throw three touchdowns in 270 yards. Who's more likely? I think That's most tough. people – I mean, to me, it's a coin but, flip. But n- not not in those conditions in terms of at Dallas to at home against Philly, who's already banged up. I think most people would say, if one of those two is going to have that game, I'm going to say it's Baker. So that's why I think it's more impressive that Jordan Love did it because no one was giving them a chance. A lot of people, if you looked at going into that game, they did the predictions. I forget who the four people on ESPN were. They all picked Tampa. I bet you none of them picked Green Bay to win at I think it's just the sky is falling on the Eagles. Like I think Exactly. And that's why, to me, that takes nothing away from Baker. But if we're saying who's more impressive, that's why it's more impressive what Jordan Love did. The the sky, up until about 7.30 Eastern time, on Sunday was not falling in Dallas. Up until that first drive. <laughs> right. And then up until that first drive, it was. So that's why I go Jordan Love. But listen, it takes nothing away from Baker. I texted you midway through that game last night. What would it be for the Browns if they had Baker instead? And you said, well, it won't matter. Cleveland, you know, they, they need a lot of things. And it's like, I'm not so sure, bro. At I, the I time. At the time they did. That's what I thought I, you meant. But – but you still would have your franchise guy. Either way, listen, Jordan Love, he's that franchise guy. All right, more likely, so let's switch the question now to more likely. More likely the problem in Dallas is Dak or Mike McCarthy? A little secret. It's neither. It's the guy upstairs, man. It's Jerry Jones. It's Jerry <laughs> Jones. Like, I'm not even a Cowboys fan. This shit is annoying to me. Like, he is – the head coach he's the franchise quarterback he's the offensive coordinator he's the owner he's the gm he's the head trainer and he's the he's the head of public relations he's everything for the dallas cowboys a team cannot be successful with one man holding all those titles like 
talking about just going home and being a family man, Jerry should have did that about 15 years ago. Like it is ruining this team because nobody can do their job to the fullest of their abilities as long as he's hovering over this franchise. Like Jerry Jones being who he is is the re- is the reason why that Green Bay game happened. It's the combination of what people have been saying for years. Jerry is the problem. So I'm going with neither of the guys. All right. Well, you skirted the question. I mean, you. Oh, you, you want me to really pick one? It's Mike McCarthy, but I figured right. you didn't want to talk about him. All right. No, because anytime I'm like, this is a tough question. I can't pick. You're like, oh, you got to pick. So, so you you went around the question, but I'll 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 be courageous enough to answer. It's Mike McCarthy. I mean, how is it Dak's fault? <laughs> oh, say it again. I'll, I'll be courageous. No, 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 no. no. It's Mike oh. McCarthy part. It's Mike McCarthy's fault. It's Mike McCarthy, the guy, the guy that you you were pounding the table for. You're like, hey, right. he's he's I love he's, when, he, I love when he, he locked it. himself, he locked himself in a cabin one, for a year. I never, he one, watched I never Sean McVay film and he learned how to call offense in this new NFL. Okay. He should get a chance. Okay. One, I never said he locked himself in any sort of you room. Yes, you he's can. not, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Two, okay. Two, I said that. Yes, he's trying to change. Like he's starting to become more analytical with things. He's looking at football in a different way than just keep doing the same thing because it wasn't working for him. Should he have gotten a chance? Sure. Is he the problem? Yes. Because how is it Dak's fault that the defense gives up 48 points? It's not Dak's fault. And they they looked as a team as if they were already looking ahead to the San Francisco 49ers two weeks from now. Like they were so worried about that game. Right, in the NFC title, that they were overlooking not only Green Bay, but they were overlooking Detroit having to come in had Dallas won. Like that was not going to be an easy game for Dallas. So that's on coaching. When a team is looking ahead, they don't look prepared, and they don't look focused in a game, that's on coaching. Yes, of course, some of it's going to be on the players, but if we're picking one of the two here, it's on McCarthy. They had three 12-win seasons, I believe, here in a row. The last two, they did not come away with a playoff win. First time, I believe, in NFL history, a team has won back-to-back seasons, 12 games in the regular season, but no playoff game. Oh, that's, that's coaching. Bit, that, oh, that's coaching so takes the blame. Coaching so takes the blame. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll add on to that. Like, Dan Quinn is is not exempt from this either because he's supposed to no. be this this – greatest defensive coordinator right. in the game he, he's he's a top guy on a lot of teams list to get him in there to right. get a job and it's like like for what both of those guys should not be head coaches next year like that's what they showed me in this game and yep. how they were trying to scheme guys it just looked terrible like and i'll throw a little shade to the dallas receivers too like every time they were showing replays those dudes were covered i'm sorry <laughs> they were covered <laughs> nobody, what, nobody was getting open like yeah. i didn't see cd lamb getting open yep. uh, cooks wasn't getting open yep. Nobody. The only person I saw really was getting open was the tight end Ferguson. The tight end, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, like either the scheme is bad or, or the dude's just not getting separation. So coaching, it's it's everybody's fault to me except Dax, in my opinion. All right. So more likely on the hot seat, Nick Sirianni or Mike McDaniel? I'll give you a props. I thought thank you. Bullshit. I thought this was thank bullshit you. last week. Thank I, you. I, I, I'll give it to you, but this is real. It's Nick Sirianni. <laughs> you better believe I don't. I don't know how we got here, but we here. <laughs> and I'm starting to see a lot of things that Nick Sirianni used to do that we overlooked because they had success. I think those are things that tear down a team. To me, he reminds me a lot of Rex Ryan. Like 
his antics are great when things are going well, but as soon as shit starts hitting the fan, like players get tired of that real quick. Like you see videos of him like flipping off other teams, cursing at fans. Like I saw a video the other day where I did, I just saw it for the first time. Like he flipped off the Chiefs before the Super Bowl. I'm like, you're a head coach, bro. Like you don't need to be doing this. Like imagine if Mike Tomlin was cursing on tape and flipping <laughs> off guys. Like they'd be calling for him to get fired day one. Sirianni's been doing this since he got to Philly. I tell you, Tomlin would not be Steelers head. No, nobody would be the Steelers head coach long if they were doing that stuff. Bro, Steelers. he'd be he'd be he'd be coaching D three football as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> like he'd be out of the league. Like Sirianni has shown some problematic behavior. Like even from like his first press conference, like he's he's a little weird, different guy. I guess they liked it at first because he was winning, but. I'm starting to worry, like, was he being propped up by these two great coordinators that we've talked about in Gannon and Steichen that have left? Or is, I, I don't know, man. It's it's definitely him. Like, the him on the hot seat shit is real. Like, bro, the Eagles fans were throwing shit at him after the game last night on the road. Like, when, when the fans in Philly start doing that, I mean, talk about where there's smoke, there's fire. So he's definitely on the hot seat. I saw the popcorn uh was that what it was somebody said it was a birthday cake or something i I think it was the popcorn um listen the the two things that always puts you on a hot seat expectations and production right for mike mcdaniel hey listen the expectations lawyer speak the expectations by the fans the ownership in that organization in general was not as high as the philly expectation and mcdaniel produced two years as head coach two playoff appearances I don't know what else. The quarterback has played well. And the offense is improved, and that's his specialty. So, of course, it's Sirianni more likely on the hot seat because the expectations were Super Bowl or bust, and they didn't even win a playoff game. They didn't even host a playoff game. They didn't win the division. First team to go 10-1 and and not win their division. I mean, you talk about being on the hot seat. It is hot, and I would have never – think about when they were 10-1, and if someone told you, hey – a month and a half from now, that was the end of this week 12, fired. this guy might be fired. You would be like, what world are like, you like, living in? I'd be like, let's skip to the end of this movie. Like, what the <laughs> hell happens? Right. Like, like, does he get caught up in a scandal? Like, <laughs> like what? They get the death penalty? Like, I, I, I need to know. But I think, I think, because what what is Nick Sirianni's specialty? Like, I really want to know. Well, like, it's offense, right? Because I thought it was, was offense, too. Yes, he was the OC. He was the OC and, in, in Indianapolis. Indy. And so when things start to go off the, the train tracks, you got to look at the coach. And then not only on, not only that, but when you think about some of the things, JT, A.J. Brown not happy, always seems to be a conflict. A lot of people questioning Jalen Hurts' body language last night. And then on top of that, you have the whole uh, Dom D'Alessandro incident with like San that's Francisco. Cra- that was crazy like, to me. Th- a lot of that's on the head coach, right? Like you've got to control your staff. You've got to control your sideline. And the guy that you have hired to control your sideline himself is acting up, meaning meaning Dom during the game. Yo, that's a bad like, look on like, the head bro, coach. You, Dom, bad, you're, a get, you're a get back man in the NFL. But, like, but, why? but JT, that, I'm surprised but, he wasn't fired. But but that's what I'm saying. That is a bad look. I, I don't know if he should have been fired. I'm not gonna go that far because that's someone's like. No, I'm saying I'm, job. I'm not saying he should. I'm surprised but, he wasn't fired. No, I know. But that's on Nick Sirianni. 
Like you team. gotta have control. It's your team, it's your organization, it's your sideline. You gotta, you've gotta have control of it. And that's why it's a bad look. And I think that adds fuel to that, to that hot well, seat. Well, I will say I will say this as because I, I will say that there's there's probably a lot going on here. There's a lot of people that fault for the Eagles collapse. Sirianni definitely deserves blame, but there's some other things going on that I'm pretty sure it ain't all just him. I would just say this. I'm gonna caution Philly fans, man. Like, if they've done this. Andy Reid won a Super Bowl, he gone. <laughs> yep. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, he gone. It's like those fans, you said it before, like they are, they're relentless. They're unbearable. Like this, honestly, if if they fire, if they fire this guy, this is the worst, this is the worst fan base in sports. Like y'all have fi- is. It already y'all is. have fired three coaches that have either won you a championship or played one of the greatest losing efforts in the championship history. Like like, how could you guys be ready to move on from this dude? Like, he lost two great coordinators. He turned Jalen Hurts a second-round pick into a $100 million highest-paid quarterback in the league. Like, and the MVP candidate. Like, why are you talking about getting rid of this guy? Like, I just don't understand that. JT, won and, 10 Andy, games. And Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was there so long. I he went to one. Sorry. I, yeah, I understand the separation there. But he made them relevant. Right. And then with Peterson, he wins a title three, four years later, he's gone. And it's like Philly fans are going to realize, like, it's not easy finding good coaches. And the thing with Sirianni, just with Dom D'Alessandro, they fit that city. They fit that team. They fit that fan base. What what do you think? You're going to go and get a great another Sean McVay, another Sirianni? They're not just everywhere. Yeah, they ain't growing on trees. (laughs) like, Like, go ask some of the teams. Atlanta's still been looking for one. Well, right. that's the Miami, Dolphins. How many, Miami, how many bad coaches we right. had to go through? <laughs> right. Miami finally found one. So it's like, but we'll see. All right. Do we even need to do this next question? Because I feel like it? with some of the news, it, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, we don't need to. Tomlin's not retiring, and Bill Belichick right. is definitely going to get a job. He's probably All going right. to Philly. All right. Good. So we, right. we won't do that. All right. So let's stay in Philly, man. I feel like it's such an interesting topic, man. This is going to be something we're probably going to be talking about for weeks. But the Eagles were eliminated by the Bucks last night. One of the biggest questions in Philly is, you talked about it, is body language. What is wrong with Jalen Hurts? Listen, I think you mentioned one of the things just a moment ago. Offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen left. I mean, some people listen. I know Nick Sirianni's the offensive guy, but he is the head coach. He's got a lot of things to worry about. That's why he has an offensive coordinator. Last year was Shane Steichen, got hired after the Super Bowl loss by the Indianapolis Colts. What are the Colts doing? They were one game away from the playoff. From and the Anthony playoff. Richardson, who was a project, was looking like good be already. And then even that offense looked good. Gardner Minshew held it together. And a lot of that falls on Shane Steichen. Listen, he was underestimated. He was underestimated, and I think Philly is realizing how much they miss him, not only the team and Jalen Hurts, but the fans. And listen, again, they look like they were not prepared for the pressure last night. Shane Steichen, I highly doubt this would have happened um, under him. And then the other thing I'll say is the release of the ball by Jalen Hurts. This came up a couple times today, and I went back and looked at articles Last year was releasing the ball at 2.86 seconds. This year, he has the second slowest release time from snap to release, 3.23 seconds. That's Damn, a big... so, so Brian Johnson turned him into to, to Justin Fields. 
That's that, no wonder Philly fans are bad. Right. I mean, he is hanging on to the ball too long. Now, you could say that's on Jalen Hurts. Or like last night, you can say on that was on the offensive coordinator. Or that's on scheme. Slash, that's yeah. on scheme, too. Like if your scheme right. is not about getting the ball getting out. Getting guys quick, open. Then... Or you're making him you're, – you're making – the, the last thing you want to do for a quarterback is overthink. Like, get the guy open. If not, these are the next reads. And then let him use his athletic ability. Like, I, I was texting you, I think, about Mason Rudolph last night. Why is he only looking at one guy? I and it's, you, either, it's, either, it's either it's going to him or he's throwing it out of bounds. And I'm like, dude, you've got to extend, you've got to extend the play. You've got to move the pocket. Can In I this instance, you? hold on. In this instance, Philly's doing the opposite. It's like they don't want to do what makes Jalen Hurts good, and that is the quick read or couple progressions and then extend the play. And it was like, and I know extending the play gives a longer release, but that wasn't the that wasn't the issue last night. The issue was you're not getting guys open and you weren't prepared for the blitz. So now you're not having a quick game. How don't you have a quick game in there? Run a yeah, screen. Like, like- like how, did, how are they not getting somebody like DeAndre Swift involved like in the passing game? Like, I'm sorry, like right, Swift, exactly. Goddard, a, and, and Devonta Smith. Like, those should have been the only three dudes that touched the ball last night. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. But serious question, because you you know more about coaching than I do. Like, how could you see a guy like Shane Steichen calling plays the year before and be like, all right, this shit works, like everything was was working? And then the next guy is up, like. How do you just completely don't take you? You worked with this guy all year for two years. Like, how do you see things that he does that works well and be like, no, we're just going to go away from that as the next guy up? I never understand that. Well, I, I obviously didn't break down like Philadelphia Eagle film. So I don't know. Sound like you did, I, man. You know, I don't, you knew, you knew this. You knew I don't the coverages, know. you know the you knew the blitz protection know. packages, you I, I everything. I don't know if he's not using any of it or what he changed, but if he did change things, to your point, if they're not using some of the same things or they changed things or they went with a different scheme, no, the reason – but, but, Hold on. But no, I'm, 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 I'm asking, asking what would make a coach not do that? Let, let me give you the answer. The only thing I can think of is ego. I want to implement <laughs> my system. I want it to be because of me. And it's not because Shane Steichen left this blueprint. Forget this blueprint. I want it to be because of me and how we do things. And you get away from what works. And that's what happens, right? That's what we always say. Every coach has an ego. And it also gets them in trouble. Yeah. Uh, what's wrong with Jalen Hurts? Well, the easy answer, like you said, he's he's not 100%. He's banged up. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if it comes out like he's going to have like multiple surgeries in the offseason. Fingers busted. Mm-hmm. His knees been messed up, like that. All that tush pushing, like that adds up, man. This dude's in there getting hit by big defensive linemen every short yardage situation for a whole season, and at the goal line. Vita Vea, Vita did you Vea. see that last night, bro? <laughs> they literally ripped his helmet from the back and dragged him out of the end zone. Them hits add up. So how's that not a penalty? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not within the uh, in the back of the shoulder pads. But I think that's the main thing that's wrong with him. I do think this. And time will tell. I think the other thing that's wrong with Jalen Hurts is, I hope it's not true. Sometimes when you have success, it can go to your head. And I hope that's not it. Because he 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 has seemed very, like, nonchalant, like, I'm too cool for school, better than this type of guy since the Super Bowl. Like, ever since everybody was like, this is the best performance in Super Bowl history in a losing effort. 
Like, I feel like I just seen his demeanor change. And when you start doing stuff like that, the team teammates change too, because AJ Brown, who for all intents and purposes, I thought was his boy. And Jalen Hurts was the reason that he got the Philly called him out multiple times on the sideline. Dallas Goddard last night. And shout out to Dallas Goddard. Like he, she should be the last guy calling somebody out. Cause this dude got his money and, don't, and he barely plays. He's always hurt, but Dallas whoa, Goddard. Whoa, 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 whoa. To his defense though. Three weeks ago, he had a fractured arm. I, I get it. I'm not. Fight. I'm not saying, but like, he that he should understand. Like, hey, like I'm doing the best I can if I'm banged up. But for him to call him out like that last night on the sideline, when you know the cameras are watching, I gotta wonder if it's we're tired of this Jalen Hurts like persona, or we want you to step up and be more vocal that this is not working. So I think his teammates either want him to be more of a vocal leader. Or they're just tired of his demeanor post that Super Bowl performance last year. So I think the injuries plus that are what's wrong with him. All right. That's fair. That's fair. We'll see what injuries come out during the offseason. All it's right. It'll be like the what's that? What's that? Uh that operation game. Remember that back in the day? That's gonna be like him. I know he's gonna have like two or three surgeries. Yeah, that was a fun game, by the way. I wasn't really good at it. Um all right. <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? All right. <laughs> You, you, your your precision it, 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 in sports. I seen you throw a football. I, I don't think wow. you'd be good at that game. Wow, my route, my precision route running. We're not talking like? about precision with your feet. We're talking about precision with your hands. That's what operation is about. All right. So what's that got to do? Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, all right. Anyway. All right. I wasn't blessed with you know the John Elway arm. What you were you were you were blessed to hit the money route from the fifty. <laughs> I I know. I get it. All right. So. Let's play everyone's favorite game. Forget about it or forgazy. Read a statement. If you agree with it and it's a hot take, forget about it. If you disagree with it, forgazy. All right? You just want me to roll through all these? I'll roll through all I'll these. Through it. We don't want to hear any more of you. All right. The Dolphins should move on from Tua. Don't do it. Don't do it. When they say to God and Goodfellas, don't say it. Don't say it. it. Well, good thing I've been watching Tulsa King. And I don't give a shit. <laughs> Great show, by the way. If anybody has, has not seen it yet on Paramount Plus, it's, it's hilarious. I, lo- right, I like that right. show. Shout out to Stice. Shout Stone out to Sylvester Stallone. We love him. The but uh, Stallone. I, I think it's forget about it, man. And I and one thing you have to give me credit. This was always my worry, and I've said this for a couple years. I was like, my biggest worry with Tua is the Dolphins are going to be in that position where they have to decide: is he an elite franchise quarterback that? can win despite his situation or are we putting too much talent around him to where he's his upside is Kirk Cousins because if it's Kirk Cousins then I think you can't afford to attach this big contract to him like that and I think the Dolphins did just that they put all this talent around him he's played well but we needed him to come through with the big games he shit the bed so I I don't know how we do it but I am not he is not a guy that I'm like, you know what? He's going to be the next guy to break the the quarterback contract market. I'm not going to be the team that does it. I think they should be looking at viable options beyond him. Either it's a cheaper option with the same or higher upside, or we go pay up and go get a guy in free agent that can take us over the hump. So, JT, my answer is for Gazy. You know, I've been in Tua's corner. And it's, he got it's hard. It's hard because he has played well. You, you had your time to speak. Let me, I'm not, I'm not going against you vehemently, but I'm going to have a question for you here at the end on this. It's for Gazy. I've, I've 
been in, into his corner since he got drafted by the Dolphins. And I think getting paired with Mike McDaniel was great. And I think Tua can even get better. And I think with Mike McDaniel, he will get better. And it seems pretty clear that McDaniel feels like he is the guy, which is what you always want as a quarterback. So with all that in place, I don't think you should move on. But let me ask you this question, JT. Did we feel the same way about Jared Goff when he got traded from the Rams to Detroit? Like, hey, this is the ceiling for him. He's hit it. We did. He, he need, Okay. So my question would be. And then be, they traded him and then they won a Super okay, Bowl. <laughs> but, but did it not help that they actually got pieces around him? Like, let's face it. The Rams, by the end of that run and before Stafford got in, like they didn't have all those people. They had an aging girly, right? Cooper Cup. They, they, but he wasn't prime Cooper Cup yet, and they were still hanging on to some guys that weren't quite like weren't quite there. They so, didn't have. So, so if you're gonna bring that up, that actually makes my point because they have put the best team possible around to okay a MVP so candidate and probably okay. the best receiver in the league in Tyree. So JT, probably the best number two wide receiver in Jalen Waddle, and we've what? got. Three but, running backs that can take it to this right. is any time. But look like, how good. Like this, I wish how, Jared Goff would have had this with the Rams. But look how. But it took Jared Goff eight years to get to this point. Let's not act like he's two years in the league now. Two is two years starting with McDaniel. You give him four more years under McDaniel. This is year five. He, but two under McDaniel. I, I'm saying, but this is year five that he's five. been in the and league. It, it, it's not year five in the league. It, it's not year five. I think maybe at most it's three or four. No, so, because he like two with McDaniel. His rookie year he split. He started that next year, and he's got two years with McDaniel. Okay, so this That's is four. the end of four, right? So he still is good. So it's only four. Goff had like six before he went to Detroit. But anyway, you have Mike McDaniel there. Like it's only been two years. If if you can do, and he has the pieces here, but let's not act like that defense was 100% healthy. I get right? it. I'm, and I'm, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if it was Goff, if it was Dak, and they had to go into that atmosphere with that banged up defense, they not winning in Kansas City either. Bro, I don't care if it was I'm, Tom I'm Brady. Not saying, I'm not saying to it. Tom Brady's not winning that game all right, all right, Saturday all right, night. All right, forget about it. I'll say it. Right, if they it. had Justin Herbert on this team, I think the ceiling is much higher. But JT, and that's the type of quarterback you need JT, to go get. No would, they have won, would they have won the other they night? They might have had a chance to win no, if they, they had just. No, they wouldn't. I think they no, win. They no, I they think wouldn't. they win. All right. And listen, I'm I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. You know that too. But that other night, no one's winning in that situation. They're not I beating Mahomes in that weather with a banged up defense. It's just not. I think Herbert wins. All right. This is my opinion. All right. Jordan Love is a better team fit for the Packers than Rodgers. Forget about it. Because <laughs> having anybody not named Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback allows you to actually coach the team the way you want to. You want to know how that's true? Look at the miserable look on Robert Sala's face all year knowing that Aaron Rodgers is in that organization, in that building, and everything has to go through him. All the success goes through him, and all the failures go straight to you as a coach. Like, I bet you when Aaron Rodgers now see was leaving, LaFleur was so happy because he knew next year he was actually going to have fun coaching his way. Like, I think the thing when you have – and Tom Brady's kind of like this too. I don't think he's as cancerous as Aaron Rodgers. But I think sometimes when you get a quarterback that's that successful and that accomplished, like, you kind of have to coach the team around them 
rather than doing what's best for the team sometimes. And that can get you in trouble. And I think that's what happened in Green Bay, because that's the only way I can explain that this team put up 50 on the Cowboys, made the playoffs, but Aaron Rodgers lost to the Lions and did not make the playoffs at home last year. Like, yes, Jordan Love is a better fit as a franchise quarterback because it allows the team to play better. It ain't just about one guy. It's about all of them. Man, his guy sounded like a coach. Listen, it's forget about it. Everything we've been saying the past 48 minutes, this is why. This has become the Jordan Love show tonight. All right, next I know one. We're, 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 we're trying to <laughs> trying to talk talk ourselves on the mistake of we both traded him. So <laughs> In dynasty. Can you believe oh, that? Boy. All right. The Cowboys should hire Bill Belichick as their next head coach. Bugazi. Like, don't hire anybody worthwhile until you get rid of Jerry Jones. Like, could you imagine Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones in the same organization? Like, you want to talk about volatile situation? Like, can you imagine the first time Jerry Jones is like, nah, man, I don't want you to do X, Y, and Z. Bro, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Like, I would not want him there because it wouldn't work. JT, spoiler alert. Jerry Jones ain't going nowhere anytime soon as long as he's alive. Can we get a, can so, we get a scandal or something? No, <laughs> did, did, whoa, did Jerry whoa, Jones look at somebody the wrong way? Maybe I know he I know he used the N word way back in the past. Whoa, somebody whoa, got audio whoa, footage whoa. of that? No, no, like no, that, no, that's no, the only way he's no. getting out of there. I said it, not you. Don't worry no, about don't, it. Don't, he's like, don't not. associate me with this. I'm saying we need some stuff on Jerry Jones. We need some Donald Sterling type information nah, on Jerry Jones to get there. him out there. That's the only way he's leaving. Let, let's not go there. That that's 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 not nice. Um, listen, that's true. It's 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 forget about it. I mean, you got Bill Belichick, the greatest NFL coach of all of all time. There, you got a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl now, twelve win team. You go get them, and especially listen if they need help on defense. All right, see you, Dan Quinn. You got the greatest defensive mind ever in the history and his, of football. And his weird-ass son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, this yeah. is a no-brainer. You talk about when we when we meant the meeting of forget about it or forgazy this segment, this was the question you envisioned. It's forget about it. Like, not even a doubt about it. Like, come on. All right, last one. Kalen DeBoer is an excellent replacement for Nick Saban. I, I struggle with this one because when they when they when they announced that they signed them, I was like, it's the best they could do. I was like, all these coaches out there at any level, Alabama is opening up and they go get the guy from Washington. Like, I was like, Ugh. but then I remember, you know what? I thought the same thing when Mike Leach came from out west and came to the SEC. He did just fine. Like people thought, you know, you gotta have a certain attitude and way about you to, to do business in the sec with recruiting and boosters and stuff like that and i was like mike lee mike lee was a weirdo from the west coast that loved like anthropology <laughs> and he fit in just fine and he made that program competitive so my thing is he showed he can coach at washington got him to a national championship game like developed michael Penix, developed all these guys i'm i know he's a great recruiter like he kept caleb williams from winning a championship like that that's worth a lot to me. So if he can put the right staff around him at Alabama, I think this gives Alabama the best chance to step into like the new era of college football that Nick Saban necessarily couldn't do offense wide open recruiting NIL, getting these young, hot, um, like up and comers on your staff. I think he is their best gateway to do that because 
if they would have got a guy like the old school Dabo or any one of these other retreads, like it would have been the same old stuff. It would have been like the watered down version of saving. But I think this is a this is this shows me that Alabama is serious about becoming more modern. So I gotta say it's it's forget about it. All right, yeah, I agree. So it took you all of that, my goodness, to get to forget about. It. Yeah, it's forget about it. And shout out to our guy, Coach Cassidy, because I was having a conversation about him in the in the Alabama. Um, Nick Saban retiring came up, and we were talking about possible replacements. And I think maybe the first name he mentioned was, "Well, what do you think about DeBoer?" And so he kind of called it, and that was the yeah. guy that he thought. It seemed like maybe that I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that maybe could be that replacement. And it ended up being true. So I think it's forget about it. Um, I mean, he just has that about him. Like, I think this spotlight's not too big for him. And I think he can if he could win in Washington the way people didn't think he could win, meaning be more physical than Oregon, more physical than Texas. Like that tells me something. So yeah, I want to I, I want to see what he does with SEC talent and the the Bama boosters behind him. Yeah, I'm it, sorry because it, it might I, be scary. It might like, be scary. Like, like if I'm a five star quarterback <laughs> and I saw what you just did with Michael Penix and I don't really got to go all the way out there, right. sign me up. I mean, it's scary what he might be able to create there in Alabama. So let's forget about it. All right, last one or last segment weekend predictions, JT. Let's give an update in the records. We fell behind a little bit last week. King oh, Ken, a lot. King Ken smashed it last week. All right, he is now twenty-eight and twelve. He went four and two last week overall. Twenty-eight and twelve. Both you and I, JT, went two and four. Tampa saved me last night, thank goodness. And we are both twenty and twenty. <laughs> so, oh, all right. So, first one. Texans at Ravens. King Ken is going Baltimore. Who do you have? I got the Ravens. They're my Super Bowl pick. I got to stick with them. All right. Listen, I've got I've got the Ravens as well. I, I think uh, it strikes midnight for Houston. All right. Packers at 49ers. King Ken and myself both taking San Fran. I'm going to take the Packers, man. Woo! I don't, I don't know what the upside is with this team. I don't know what the ceiling is with this team. They're like the wild card, man. I don't, I don't want no parts of this team. Like, they clearly not afraid to play on the road. So I'm going with the Packers. All right. Uh, the Sunday games: Tampa at Detroit, or at Detroit. Sorry, not Detroit. Detroit. I'll go with the Lions. Okay. So is King Ken. You know what though? While I'm rooting for the Lions, this one's with my mind, and Tampa is going to win. I'm telling you. There's something about them, man. They have the staff. They have the experience, the player. We forget, like, three years ago, this team was winning a Super Bowl. And, and and they've got offensive playmakers and Baker's playing the best ball of his career. That's scary. Like, yeah. he's he's starting to get that, that confidence again, but not as cocky. And that's yeah. what would worry me being the other team. So I'll be the only one. I'll go Tampa. Just the way you went Green Bay, I'll go Tampa. And then the last one, Kansas City at Buffalo. Oh, I think this is the I think this is finally the time that Buffalo gets the best of KC, man. Woo! I think it's gonna happen. Wow. So you and King Ken go Buffalo. And I'm not gonna lie, 
Man, I you don't want to bet against Rasheed Rice, but hey, man, the clock no, is striking midnight no, on the road. No, what I was going to say was I actually think Kansas City wins, but Buffalo, San Fran was my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to stick to it, especially after your pick Dallas lost they, last they, week. You want to talk about letting me down. Dallas, <laughs> Dallas and Baltimore looked good for I, like 75% I, of the year. I told you don't do it with Dallas. They're going to let you down. I told you at the beginning. They, on the, on they, the, had me look, they had me looking like a genius no, until like didn't. week 10. No, they, no, they, they were balling. We always knew it'd come to this week. So I'm going to go Buffalo, though. I'm going to stick with Buffalo. He's like, the record Buff- is more important. <laughs> yeah. My my ego, my my intellect is more important than just this one game. I'm looking at the big picture. So you say. I'm, I'm going Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo. All right. All right. All right, so we got it locked in. King Ken, thank you for always sending the predictions. You've got a comfortable lead. Hey, as long as you win and JT doesn't win, it's all good. I'm, I'm you know, a happy it's, fun, it's funny how these experts be beating us at these predictions in both, no matter what it is. Bro, that's why they're the experts. Like, people think, like, do people? We don't lie to people. We don't lie. Oh, no, for real. Right? They, like, we told them these are experts. Yeah, you know, it's like that show, Stomp the Swami, but we got two Swamis. Like, that's, <laughs> that's tough work to do. I mean, I mean, 28 and 12. Can you imagine that? Like, that's unbelievable. Like, and I don't care that that's straight up. A lot of people would be like, oh, that's straight up. That's easy. Okay, you pick 40 games and do it. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be like JT and myself, 20 and 20. We're going to be five. You're going to be 500. We're going to be Jeff Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's not easy. It's not easy, man. All right, JT, great episode. Looking forward to what they say in the NFL, the best weekend of football, divisional playoffs, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It's supposedly the best eight teams remaining in the NFL, so we will see. Um, But great episode as always, and remember to the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening, and please subscribe to us, JT and The Don, presented by Give Us a Shot Network. You can subscribe to us and follow us on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts as well as remember to subscribe to the give us a shot network youtube channel and remember please leave us if you like what we do sorry if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do leave us a five-star review and remember to also follow us our handle on social media jt and the don we can be found on instagram x tiktok and facebook All right, JT. Great episode, man. Have a great week. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.